Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now, the unbeliever responds to Satan. And what does Satan do? You see right there, he blinds what? Their their minds so that they, circle this word, cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. People are blinded by Satan to the truth. And because of that, they remain empty and, and lonely and guilty. They're afraid to die. They're perishing, but they don't know it. They're blinded to the truth. Why don't people just come rushing into our churches looking for answers to life's problems? Why aren't they concerned about eternity or what's going to happen to them when they die? Because we're living in a world gone blind. In today's message, Pastor Mark takes us to 2 Corinthians 4 and shows us that men and women have been blinded by Satan so that they can't see the light of the gospel of the glory of God. They're blinded to the truth. But we can help. We have a call to help set them free from their blindness by preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew with his message entitled, Why Church? Communicate the Good News. You can turn in your Bibles, if you will, right away to uh, a passage in Luke, Luke chapter 19. And uh, well, you've heard of the church, isn't You've heard of it, haven't you? Us four and no more. You're going to learn something today that sounds, well, kind of like you've heard it before, but from a very different perspective. You see, we want to see more people added to our churches. How does that happen? What did Jesus think about that? Does he say anything about it? A true story recently ran in a Texas newspaper. In the newspaper on the front page, there was a big picture of a mature woman who was actually standing with her ear on the chest of an adult man. Well, it looked strange in the picture until you read the caption. This man had just received a few weeks before a heart transplant from that woman's son who had been killed in an accident. True story. And she was listening to the heartbeat of her own Son, when Jesus was on this earth, if you to put your ear to the chest of Jesus, what would the heartbeat be? If you to put your ear 
to the heart of Jesus, what would you have heard? In Luke chapter 19, verse 10, you have the answer. It is the heartbeat, the focus, the mission of Jesus. It reads like this. For the Son of Man, Jesus, came to seek and save what was lost. The heartbeat of Jesus was to go to unbelievers and share the good news, which you heard Pastor Dave teach about last week, the good news with them. Why? Lost people always mattered to Jesus. That was his heartbeat. That was his mission. Well, how is that transferred to you and I? What kind of a heartbeat should I have today? I mean, if I'm going to call myself a follower of Christ, if I'm going to call myself a Christian, Christ-like, then obviously I have to have the same heartbeat, the same mission. It has to be exactly the same in my life. I'm going to ask you to do something this morning. We're going to turn to four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You can turn right back now to Matthew 28. And in your Bibles, I want you to write something as we do these four passages, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew 28, we'll start with. We're going to see the heartbeat put into words. We're going to see the mission of the church for every single Christian put into words. It's a mandate, a command given by Jesus In your Bible, as you go to these four passages, you might just want to write the Great Commission. It's a mandate. Look down in Matthew 28, verse 19. Jesus says, therefore, go, go, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of this age. That is the Great Commission. If you're a Christian, it's a mandate to you. It's the heartbeat of Jesus. Now, the other gospel writers penned the same Great Commission. So we're going to look at Mark and Luke and John. It's the same. Just when you get to that verse, write Great Commission. Just different wording because different writers. Turn, if you will, to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. And when you get there, you will see this Great Commission, the heartbeat of Jesus, put in terms that are very similar and yet a little bit unique and a little bit different. Mark 16, verse 15. And he said to them, you've heard this before, go, get out of your four walls, go into all the world and preach, here it is again, the good news to all creation. So right there in Mark 16, 15, just put, the Great Commission again. And if you want, you can write Matthew 28, 19. 
And so you'll be able to hook yourself in the Bible and see that this is repeated in every single gospel. While you're there, you may want to write this, Luke 24, 47, and turn there. Luke, next book in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, not hard to find, just keep turning. Turn to the right. Luke 24, 47. You see, as you begin to see these, you understand the teaching today is to communicate the good news to everyone, everywhere. You and I have a mandate from God. There's where the homework's going to be later. In Luke 24, scoot on down to verse 47. Right at this verse, write, the great commission. And repentance and forgiveness of sins. Well, we haven't really seen that before, but that's the good news. That's the good news. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So there's the Great Commission again. You should be getting an idea that the heartbeat of Jesus was all through the Gospels. Now, the last one I want you to turn to is John 20, next book, John 20, verse 21. The Bible ties itself together beautifully. John 20, 21. Jesus spoke this after he went to the cross, went into the grave, and was resurrected. He gave this mandate to the disciples. Verse 21, just in that verse, right outside that verse, right, great commission. Here's what it is. And Jesus said, peace be with you, speaking to his disciples, as the Father has sent me, I am, notice, here's the word go, just in a different word, I am sending you. So who is Jesus sending to take the good news to the world? Who is he sending? He's not sending the pastors, the elders, the the people with an outgoing personality. He's sending everyone. Now, Jesus was sent to the earth by God to do what? Let's see how short your memory is. Luke 19.10, what was it? Seek and save those that are lost. So Jesus says to his disciples, I'm leaving. I'm sending you to seek and save that which is lost. That's the mandate. That's the commission. That's the great commission. In the early church... 120 in the upper room. Within 30 years, they turned their world upside down. The known Roman world was turned upside down by Jesus Christ and the power of that gospel, taken by those 120 and then multiplied through the church. Why has our world today not been turned upside down? And let me say it kindly. Because in our churches, an incredibly small group of people obey this command. Incredibly small group of people obey this command. It's a command. It's a mandate. It's not a wish list. It's a command. And the homework you're going to have today has to do with what we're doing as we've given you over the last few weeks five core commitments. Let's reflect for a moment. We've learned 
These are the things we see from the Bible that are going to grow you and mature you. Number one, first of all, you have to commit to be a growing follower of Jesus Christ. By the way, if you find a church that's comfortable that isn't challenging you, why are you there? Why are you there? This isn't a religious deal. So you have to commit to be a growing follower of Jesus Christ. To do that, we have to understand it's a fulfilling lifestyle. But to really commit to be growing is number three. Connect to others in personal vibrant relationships. What small group are you in? Well, Pastor Mark, my life is so busy. I just, I used to be in small groups, but I'm not really like involved in that anymore. The kids are here and they're in soccer over here and, and I get this business thing over here and I do this and I'm out of town here and I do this and here come the excuses. You used to be in a small group. Why aren't you anymore? When you're not in a small group, you stop growing because there's nobody there to challenge you. You need somebody to challenge your life. So you have to be challenged. What is the last one? Well, the last one will be next week, but the one just before that, that's today. Communicate the good news to everyone, everywhere. That's what we're about. Now, let me ask you a question. Why do we have to go and communicate the good news? Why don't people just walk into the church and go, I'd like to be a Christian? I mean, why don't they? See, it seems like if we're living the light we should and we're light and we're salt and and we're excited about serving Jesus Christ and you are because his plan for you is incredible and he's doing great things. It would seem if we're around people and they see that, there'd be no need to have people come to church to even have to invite them. They just find their way here. But very few people do that. You want people to come to Christ without having to hit a wall. Many of those things can be solved by Christ without the wall. So why don't people just walk in? Turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians. Keep going back. Keep going back. You're already in John. Acts, Romans, 1, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. You need to understand why people just don't walk into church and automatically become a believer in Christ. 2 Corinthians 4, 4. It says, The God of this age, which is Satan, there is a real Satan, has blinded the minds of believers or unbelievers. There's only two kinds of people in the world. People that are believers in Jesus Christ and follow him, and people that don't really believe in Jesus Christ. Oh, they may say they do, but they don't follow him. So there's only two kinds of people, believers and unbelievers. Now, the unbeliever responds to Satan. And what does Satan do? You see right there, he blinds what? Their their minds so that they, circle this word, cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. People are blinded by Satan to the truth. And because of that, they remain empty and and lonely and guilty. They're afraid to die. They're perishing, but they don't know it. They're blinded to the truth. Now, here's a verse in in 1 Corinthians. It makes this exquisitely clear to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21, New Living Translation. But people who aren't Christians, there's either Christians and non-Christians, believers, unbelievers, can't understand the truths, can't understand the truths from God's Spirit. So as I teach the word today, if you're not a believer, you might, it may make sense to you, but spiritually it doesn't make sense at all. What do you mean, unbeliever? What do you mean, hell? Come on. Are you kidding me? It all sounds foolish to them because only those who have the spirit, when you become a Christian, the spirit comes in you, can understand what the spirit means. 
So the reason people, they'll be listening to Billy Graham and he'll talk about, you know, you need to come to Christ. And he goes, what is that? I don't need to come to Christ. And so what do we have to do? See, the goal of Satan is to keep people's eyes blinded. That's his goal. He is a deceiver. He is a liar. He is the one that blocks the truth from people's eyes. So my goal is to go to the unbeliever with the good news, and often this is just going to be a process of time. Not many people, there are some, but not many people come to Christ the first time they're presented the gospel. Good, doesn't make sense to them. So behind the scenes, I need to be praying for God to do one thing, open their eyes. I can't open their eyes. You can't open. It's supernatural. All of a sudden, the blinders come off, as we saw with the Apostle Paul, and they go, I get it. I'm a sinner. God loves me. It's free. He wants to change my life. I'll take it. Now, if your eyes aren't open, that doesn't make sense to you. We'll have thousands of people at the football games. Go, go. But they'll be out there and they'll be cheering like crazy for a football game that really in eternity means nothing. But their walk with God is non-existent because they're blinded to the truth. It just, it just doesn't make sense. So that's why people just don't walk into this door and go, I'm ready to accept Christ. They don't get it. Our goal is to go to them and ask God to change them, to open their eyes. And we don't do that in front of them. You don't go to somebody and say, I'm praying for you right now. God's going to open your eyes. You see these truths. They don't understand that. You don't beat little people. We all were blinded at one point, dead in our sins, as Ephesians 2 says. Now, so why the commands? Turn back to Matthew 28. Let's talk about two commands that Jesus gave before he left. We've already read one. There's two commands and there's two promises. If you're a Christian, these two commands, well, they're for you and they're for me. Matthew 28, first command for you to write in your notes is this. Command number one, go and make disciples of all nations. Go and make disciples of all nations. That is the first command. It's a mandate. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. The promise that goes with that in these verses, here it is, the next thing. You can write it down. The promise. Jesus says, I'll be with you with my power and my authority until the end. In other words, as you go, I'll always be a part of that going. See, if I go in my own strength, it isn't going to happen. So when you and I go, we go in his power and strength. Look at it. Look at verse 18. Then Jesus came to them, to his disciples, and he said this, all authority. Authority is simply delegated power. He says, I have all authority in heaven and earth, and it's been given to me. And now, basically, he says, I'm going to give it to you. Remember, God's power always, always, always defeats Satan. So God's power can unlock hard hearts, open blinded eyes. Then in verse 19, we already read it. Therefore, here's that word again, go and make, circle this word, we'll be back to it in a moment, disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything, in other words, all, I've commanded you, teach them all. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is known, we already told you, as the great Commission. He's commissioning you to go. It is a command beyond evangelism. Look back at the verse. It doesn't say this. Go into all the world and make converts. 
No, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say go into all the world and make church members. Go into all the world and make worshipers. No, it says go into all the world and make disciples. It's not enough to make a convert, which is a baby Christian, and then say to the baby Christian, have at it. Go on your own. No, every convert is as simply as a baby Christian and it must be taught to know and obey God's word. That's why you're here this morning. That's the goal of Jesus is to take a convert and make them a disciple. It's a process that never ends in our life. Now, the main verb in those three verses, the main verb in the Greek text, there's a main verb that drives the sentences. The main verb is make disciples. But I'm not going to focus on that this morning. There are other verbs. The verb I want to focus on is this, go. Go. So, first thing you want to write is this. If we are going to communicate the good news to everyone everywhere, we must go. We must go. You must go. Get out of your comfort zone and go. That has to be the very first thing that's going to take place in our life. Now, in these verses, some interesting things. As we go... If you look back at those verses, you see four alls, A-L-L-S. It says all power and authority. In other words, nothing can defeat the power of God. It says I'm to go to all nations. God can change any person from any nation. As I go, I'm to take all the commandments of God, all of them, the power of God in all of his word. That's what we teach here. And then it talks about to the end of this very age or every day, all the days of my life, Jesus is with me, he's with you. Now, so the first command I have is to go, get out of my comfort zone, go take the good news to people who are blinded by the enemy. I'm to go. Well, there's a problem. Jesus knew that the disciples couldn't go in their own strength. So Jesus gives us a second command that's intrally linked to the first. Turn with me, Acts 1, verse 8. Acts 1, verse 8. So there's another command that enables you and me to carry out this first mandate, the Great Commission. Jesus said, basically to his disciples, by this command, when you get there, you can't accomplish what I want you to do unless you have the power of God. So the command, you can write in your notes, is this. Before you go, wait to be empowered. Before you go, wait to be empowered. In other words, Jesus is going to remind the disciples when He started his ministry before he did his ministry. In Matthew chapter 3, we're told that he was filled with the Spirit of God. He couldn't do it in his own strength. He was filled with the Spirit of God. So he says to his disciples, you're taking over for me. You can't do it in your own strength. I don't care if you got a doctor or divinity degree. Nothing wrong with that. You can't do it in your own strength. There may be times that we need to pray to determine whether God wants us to do certain things. But as Pastor Mark shared today, there is one thing we can all know for sure that God wants us all to be doing, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Pastor Mark shared some important commands and promises, such as God has commanded us to go, and he has empowered us to do so. 
Are you communicating the good news? You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. There are some things to remember as we go out to fulfill the Great Commission, not only as He commanded us and equipped us, but if we're truly going to be successful in the harvest, we need to remember to do some things. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark challenges us to open our eyes and see the harvest. He also challenges us to open our hearts in compassion for those who are lost. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear